I'm smoking tarantula. Yeah. They gave it to me. Is <laughs> it? I'ma pull up so lit, I just might crash, dog. Let me take this Balenciaga mask off to ask y'all who asked y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And this week's episode is sponsored by absolutely nobody, but you can change that. If you need promotion for anything, whether you got a business, uh, a clothing company, a tile company, whatever it is, if you want the unpo- if you want me, Jalen Hunter, the Unpopular Podcast, to sponsor it, or you want to be a sponsor of the show, the promotional request is in the link in the description below. Go, go do that. Go do that. The Unpopular Podcast will be happy to 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 receive your sponsorship. But yeah, let's start the show, man. Um, how you guys doing? Uh, so there's holidays in sports. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, you got the Fourth of July, you got Christmas, you, you got them type of holidays, but. There are different types of sports holidays, you know, and, and, and all my sports heads, they know they or or sports fans, let's say, you know what they are. I mean, you got uh, the 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 draft is a holiday pretty much for sports fans. Uh, open uh, opening day for baseball game one of the the no NFL, NBA and NFL draft. Those are pretty much sports holidays. And we just came up on a sports holiday, and that was the release of the NFL schedule. Now, usually we know who you're going to play. We know, like, if, if, I don't know, Washington has to play the NFC West or something. Like, we know pretty much who you're going to play as far as terms of that. But we don't know when, you know. So when the schedule comes out, that's pretty big for, uh, that's pretty big for, for the league. You know when you're going to play, you know when your bye week is. And, you know, you know it's big because ESPN and all the major, com- a major you know, sports conglomerates, they have they have a, a, a schedule release specials. And, and, and it's a big thing. It's a big thing, especially if you're a football fan. You know, you, you, you never know. I mean, you, you get to find out who you're playing and when. So... I'm not gonna go over the whole the whole schedule for all 32 teams. That's just that's just not gonna happen. We ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. But what we are gonna do is I'm gonna talk about five winners and five losers. Now I understand people say, but wait, you know, you don't know if they're winners and losers yet because they haven't played a game. Calm down. I got you. I'll let you know. Let me give you my first winner. So let's talk about the Cleveland Browns for a second. Now. You know, Kevin Stefanski last year won Coach of the Year, and you have a lot of a lot of new pieces. You have Jadavion Clowney on the defense. You have a couple of safeties on the defense. You have a lot of new pieces. But, of course, as we know, Baker Mayfield pretty much – pretty much runs the, it's, it, you going, you're going to go as far as Baker Mayfield takes you. He's the quarterback, and with a team that talented, like – the Cleveland Browns have a Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning roster. Now, of course, it all depends on where the quarterback takes you. And here's why I say that. And here's why I say the the, the Cleveland Browns are my first winner. Right off the gate, of course, you got you got Kansas City. That's 
anytime you got Kansas City, especially after losing the Super Bowl, so you know they're pretty much motivated. That's that's not going to work. But after that, you got the Houston the Houston uh, Texans who don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. You have the Chicago Bears who you don't know if it's going to be Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. You got the Minnesota Vikings whose defense was horrible last year. And, of course, you got the Chargers. And both the Vikings and Chargers are at your home. I mean, no, you're, you're away. Now, of course, the Vikings is going to be – Again, the, the defense is not good, and and the Chargers is going to be a little tough. But after that, I mean, you got Arizona at home, you got Denver at home, and you got Pittsburgh at home. And of course, as we know, you want those games at home, especially before the bye. So, the Cleveland Browns is a team that kind of needs a a, a a fast start. Uh, they need to they need to solidify that all the moves that they made in the draft and in the offseason work. And it's – I'm not saying this is a make-or-break season for for Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's still pretty much young in his career. However, this is a very important season, seeing as though if you look at the roster, the Cleveland Browns, again, like I said, they are – this is a Super Bowl-winning roster or Super Bowl-winning caliber-type roster. I mean, the offensive line is, is good. You have, you have wide receivers. You have um, – running backs and Nick Chubb you, you have the defense this is a complete team and it's like you want to get off to a fast start now yes I don't know if you're gonna I, I do think it's kind of good that you're playing Kansas City the first game is I don't know if you win or not but you're pretty much getting the cream of the crop the first game and then after that you get to regroup like I said Houston we know how bad they they might be with no quarterback Chicago that's still up in the air so I think they're a big winner because they they don't I mean their bye week is week thirteen yes but after the bye week it's 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 kind of, outside of Baltimore and and Green Bay we know Pittsburgh is not good in the half second half of the season especially with the with Ben Roethlisberger and how you know his age and stuff you have Vegas I don't know if we have to worry about that and you have Cincinnati now of course. The only reason why I say they're winners because you have to get off to a fast start. You don't want to see Pittsburgh <laughs> in the first half, which you do. You don't want to see New England in November, even though they're a better second-half team, uh, especially at New England and at Baltimore. Those are going to be tough games, of course. And at Baltimore, I think that's Sunday night football. But the reason why I say they're a winner, they, they have a tough schedule. Don't get me wrong. But – they you for a team like Cleveland, you want to start off fast. And while you have Kansas City first game after that, it's pretty it's pretty easy until you get to probably October 31st is when you get to I'm going to say October 10th when you get to the Jets. But we I mean, not the Jets, the Chargers, when you get to the Chargers, but we don't know how the Chargers are going to be after that. I mean, it's it's pretty easy until you, I guess, November. And then that's when, you know. That's that's week that's week ten. So I'll say my first winner is going to be Cleveland because after the first game, it's kind of an easy start until probably week either five or week ten, honestly. So my first winner is Cleveland. One of my losers. Ah, my first loser it has to go to my team, Washington, man. Oh man, Washington. What they did, man. What they did with Washington is they did not play any games. Arta. We have Buffalo at Buffalo. We're at Green Bay. We're at um, 
No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're at Buffalo, at Green Bay. We still have to play Kansas City. This is all the first half of the season. We have to play at we have to play Kansas City, and can't, oh my gosh, we're at Denver after playing at we're at Atlanta, and and the the one the one the biggest reason why I say that we are a loser is after the bye week. Now, again, we have a tough schedule. We have both the super after the bye week. We have at I mean Tampa Bay's here. Then we have Seattle, Carolina, we don't know. But then we have five, from week 14 on, we have five straight NFC East division games. We have Dallas Eagles, Dallas Eagles, New York. That First of all, I think they said that hasn't been done in, in over like 20 to 30 years because of how tough that is. It's tough to beat. I mean, we all know the division – it's, it's 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 one thing when you know you win a game or two outside division, but you always want divisional rights and you always want divisional bragging rights. So it's going to be tough when you have to go against your entire division five weeks in a row. That's why it hasn't been done in so long because that's such a tough that's a tough gauntlet of games. Um, not to mention, like I said, our we bro. <laughs> Look at the quarterbacks that we have to fight face this year. We have. Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, uh, Patrick Mahomes, maybe Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. That, <laughs> hey man, I I will say this: Washington does have, of course, we know about their defense. Washington has one of, if not the best defense out defensive front than that that the league has to offer. Um, now, of course, we need to know what happens with the linebackers and, and the safeties and everything. But we have our defensive front is is Super Bowl winning as uh, a Super Bowl winning defensive front. Like we have, of course, Chase and we, we have all those players. It's just we need to see about the offensive line. Of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick is our quarterback. I still have reservations about about him being a starting quarterback, especially for the entire season. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And Washington has to – we're not going to – I see – okay. There's a lot – outside of the offensive line, there. I mean defensive line, there's a lot of question marks with Washington. And this is not the type of schedule that you want to have question marks with. Uh, yeah, I know you have Terry McLaurin. You have uh, Curtis Samuel now. You have you have a couple pieces that you got from the draft, but this is not the I mean, again, you you're going up against some of the most of the top quarterbacks in the league. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. So Aaron Rodgers, if he's playing with Green Bay. So that it's it's just it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough sledding for Washington. I I, I don't this is going to be tough. This is this is not the year that you wanted to play the AFC West. So this is this is going to be tough. But you know that's why I say Washington is probably going to be my first loser in this whole thing. My second winner, uh, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, look, if you look at their schedule, they they're pretty much favored in in, in all the games. Now, of course, I don't think they're going to win all the games, but. You're going against Dallas, who had one of the worst defenses of all time last year. You're going up against Atlanta, who had one of the worst defenses of all time last year. You're going up against, I mean, of course, the the, the Rams is going to be a tough game, but we still want to see what happens with uh, Matthew Stafford. You, 
I mean, you got you're gonna go against Tua. You have to go against Jalen Hurts. Of course, we don't know with Andy Dalton or or Justin Fields with Chicago. Taysom Hill, like you, this is the you don't really when you look at Tampa Bay's schedule, they don't go up against a lot of the top tier quarterbacks. The best quarterback they're going up against is week week fourteen when you have to go up, go up against Josh Allen. Now, I don't think. Of course, I think. They have the better roster, of course, but I think the New England game is going to be good, seeing as though Cam Newton against Aaron, I mean, uh, Tom Brady, but they're not going up against a t- Like, think about it. Again, you got Bat- Dat Prescott, Matt Ryan, uh, Matthew Stafford, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, uh, Andy Dalton, Tays- Taysom Hill, or, or uh, Jameis Winston, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, uh, what? Carson Wentz, like. Carolina, you, Zach Wilson, like you don't, they don't really have to go up against any of the top quarterbacks until you get to week 14. At that point, I'm not saying they'll win all the games, but, and they, their best, the, the toughest defenses they have to go against is week three, with his, which is the Rams, uh, week seven, which is the, which is the Bears, and week, week eight. Which is the new New Orleans New Orleans I said New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> New Orleans Saints in Week Ten, which is after after the bye was Washington. Outside of that, they don't really have to go up against a tough defense except New, New Orleans again. So they really lucked out on. They don't really have to go against a lot of the quarterbacks that you know. They don't have to see Russell Wilson. They don't have to see until maybe the playoffs. They don't have to see Patrick Mahomes. They don't have to see Aaron Rodgers. They don't have to see any of those any of those quarterbacks they don't have to see Lamar Jackson so I'll say Tampa Bay Tampa Bay and the fact that they're able to bring back pretty much all their starters with Tom Brady I, I think that Tampa Bay definitely can say that they're a winner when we talk about this the schedule release um so yeah they're my second winner my second loser I gotta stay in I gotta stay local man Baltimore they they man look Baltimore they did not play no games to Baltimore man you <laughs> Week two, you have to go up against Patrick Mahomes on Sunday Night Football. Then you have to let me see. Then you have to go up against Justin Herbert week six. And then the the the, the real reason why I said that they're a, a loser is because of the second half of the season. Now bye weeks are important, of course. You're you're able to um, you're able to uh, you're able to 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 get healthy and, and stuff like that, but. Starting at week eleven, let's let's start at week eleven. You're at you're at Chicago. Then you have to play Cleveland, which is a divisional rival. Then you're at Pittsburgh, which is a divisional rival. Then you're at Cleveland again, which is a divisional rival. Then you have to go against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Then you have to go against Cincinnati, even though that's a divisional rival. Um, you also have Jer- uh, J- Herbert, no Joe Burrow coming back. Then you have to go. Two, then you have to play the Rams and you have to go against Aaron Donald. And then, of course, you have Pittsburgh again. This is a tough schedule, seeing as they, they stacked. It's kind of like with Washington now. It, it isn't the same as Washington. It's kind of like Washington. As they pretty much stacked all the divisional games at the sec, the end of the season. And that's the last thing you want to do is go up against pretty much your – I mean, the week 12 division, week 13 division, week 14 division – Week 16 division and week 18 divisional games. Like, that's the last thing you want. Not to mention, you have to go up against Patrick Mahomes the second week. You have to go up against uh, 
the Chargers week six, like they 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 did not do Baltimore any favors. Now I do think that Baltimore is still going to be favored in a lot of those games, and I do think that they still have, um, you know, one of the one of the better, if not the best team in the AFC North. However, is it the North? Yeah, AFC North, I think, or East, one of them two. But I I think that this. <laughs> This is why that you wanted to bring a wide receiver. Now, of course, we have to see what happens with Julio Jones. A lot of people are saying that he might get traded in Wash. I mean, Baltimore might be a destination. But this is why you need when you're looking at the when you're looking at the landscape of the league and looking at the division. Let's let's just look at Baltimore's division. When you look at Cleveland, you have Landry, you have um, Julio Jones. You have Ninjaku. You have uh, Chubb. When you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though you have Big Ben as a quarterback and he's kind of over the over the hill, you still have Claypool. You still have Juju Smith-Schuster. They just brought on Najee Harris. Um, and, of course, when you look at Cincinnati, they just got Jamar Chase. Now they have um, – or Boyd. And, and they have uh, Higgins. Like, those are any of those players would be like a number one receiver for 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 Baltimore. Now I know you have Rashard Bateman from the draft, Sammy Watkins, uh, Hollywood Brown, and of course we'll have to see what happens with Julio. But we've seen Baltimore lose the same way time after time. If you make if you force Lamar Jackson to be a passer, your 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 um your probability of winning goes up. But it's not because he can't pass. Because as we've seen, he can't pass. It's the fact that he does not have a prime number one receiver. Now, we'll see what happens with Rashard Bateman. We'll see what happens with Sammy Watkins. But with all those question marks, the last thing you want to do is have all, pretty much all your divisional games outside of week seven, which is Cincinnati. You don't want all those to be at the end of the year. So kind of like Washington, Baltimore pretty much got a got got the the tough end of the stick with that one. So Baltimore is going to be another loser for me as far as how the schedule played out for them. A winner, I'll, I'll say a winner is Dallas. Um, Dallas will be a winner because you know they don't they they don't outside of what the what one thing that you don't want to do as a quarterback coming back from a major injury like um, Dak Prescott is, is you don't want to face tough, tough defenses the beginning of the year. Now, you know, once you get your legs back under you, then you can see, you know, at the end, but you don't want to face tough, tough defenses. Now, outside of Tampa Bay, which is the first game, and of course we know how their defense uh, came alive in the second half of the season last year, you go up against the 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 Chargers defense, which isn't tough. The 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 Philadelphia defense, which seems to be hurt all the time. Carolina defense, which is iffy. New York defense, which has big names, but they're kind of iffy. New England's defense is kind of tough. But after that, like you don't really deal with tough defenses. And 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 after that, you have Minnesota's defense, which is horrible. Uh, Denver, which I think they're going to get some players back, but they're good. Atlanta's defense is horrible. You do have the Kansas City Chiefs, which, you know, is unfortunate for you. But you got lost. I mean, they don't really face a lot of the, – the toughest defenses they have to face is New England, um, Washington, and they don't face Washington to the second half of the season, and uh, Tampa Bay. So – 
it gives it gives that now I'm not saying that they're gonna win all these games, of course, but outside of Tampa Bay, it gives Dak Prescott some time to to get his legs back under him. Seeing as though, of course, the preseason was kind of cut cut short. Um, and of course, we're still dealing with the ramifications of you know COVID and w- what the offseason has to bring for them. So w- again, when you're a quarterback coming back from the major injury that he had. You don't want to see some tough, tough defenses, which he doesn't really have to the first half of the season, and that's why I think Dallas is gonna is a winner for the schedules because you don't. I mean, again, outside of Washington, New Orleans, uh, Denver, and Tampa Bay, you don't really face too many tough defenses outside of maybe New York. So I think they definitely won in, in, in that sense. I'm gonna go over to a loser, uh, <laughs> man. Look. There's a reason why Pittsburgh um, was 11. Pittsburgh looked completely different after that 11-0 start. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Winning kind of uh, winning kind of uh, is a blanket for a lot of the problems that a team faces. Here's the reason why I think that Pittsburgh is a, is a loser in this, in this whole um, schedule thing is because of the second half of the season. There's a reason why they went 11 and 0 is because you want to get a fresh Aaron Rod- I mean a fresh Big Ben. You, they're pretty much fresh at the beginning of the season, but with quarter with older quarterbacks and older quarterbacks who kind of don't put enough a lot in their body like Big Ben doesn't, they kind of break down and of course the offensive line breaks down and their offensive line was bad last year. P- borderline horrible, but it got worse over the season because, you know, the wear and tear, and especially with an older team like Pittsburgh, that, that doesn't bode well. And this is why I said they are a loser. The second half of the season. Now, of course, the first half, you got you, you go up against Buffalo. That's a tough game, of course. You go up against Green Bay. That's tough. The thing that they do not go up against is a tough defense. Green Bay's, I mean, they're 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 good, but they're not tough. Denver, of course, they get Von Miller back and a couple pieces. They'll be all right. Seattle does not have a good defense. Cincinnati does not have a good defense. Vegas does not have a good defense. And honestly, Buffalo doesn't really have a good defense. And this is why I said they're a loser because we've we just talked about how they are tough. They're you a team like Pittsburgh and an older team like that, you do not want to face tough defenses and great teams in the second half of the season because you're already worn down. And as we saw last year, they were horrible after the 11 0 start. Like they were horrible because they just didn't have left in the tank. And once they started win, stop winning, you started to see, all right, well, they're not, even though they have Claypool and Juju, they're not really throwing the ball downfield because Big Ben doesn't have it in, and this, that, and the third. After the bye week, you have De- Cleveland's defense. You have the Bears' defense. You have Baltimore's defense twice. You have Kansas City Chiefs' defense. You have Tennessee's defense that got better after the draft. So that's the last thing you want, not to mention you're going up against Cleveland that ju- that beats you, dis- that destroys you in the playoffs. You're going up against another playoff team in Baltimore. You're going up against Tennessee, which is a playoff team. You're going against Kansas City that went to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, you got Baltimore and Cleveland yet again. So I think it's tough because you're going to if if they don't if they don't do in something between, you know, in the middle of the season or whatever, 
to address their offensive line any better or if Big Ben just went to the pit of Lazarus and and just is incredibly better, they are going to struggle. And you're going to see a lot of losses after the bye week. For Now, I know that Pittsburgh is one of the best teams coming out of the bye week, but after that, like I said, that's, that's just Cleveland, at Cleveland. So I'm not saying Cleveland's bad, don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, you still got to see Cleveland again. You got to see Baltimore twice. You got to see Kansas City. You got to see the Chargers and Justin Herbert. So mm, I, I, I just don't be surprised if we see a lot of losses in the second half of the season for uh, Pittsburgh. And that's why I said that they're a loser in all this. Uh, so my next winner is I'm going I'm to go with Justin Fields. I'm going to go with Justin Fields as a winner. Because I said it said in in one of my episodes, I think the last like the the second to last one I just did, we were talking about which starting court which quarterback from the first round of the draft is going to start first. And I wasn't sure if Justin Field was going to start week one, but I did say that he has a good shot of starting of starting um at least the season. Because you, if you have Andy Dolan as your starting quarterback, as we know, that's just not going to work. And this is why I say that Justin Fields is a is a big winner in all this. When you look at the schedule for um, the Chicago Bears, you're going to know really fast. Justin Fields is going to have a really fast. You're going to know really fast what Andy Dalton is made of and if he's going to be a a a starting quarterback moving forward because you go up against uh, Los Angeles Rams defense. You go up against Cleveland's defense. You go up against Green Bay's defense. You go up against Tampa Bay's defense. You go up against 49ers defense. You go up against Pittsburgh's defense all in the first nine weeks. And I'll say this. I think that I will say, I'll call it. I say week Depends on if, okay, so if Chicago loses the first game against the Rams, if they lose the third game against Cleveland, and they lose the fifth game against the Vegas, the Las, I mean Las Vegas, I'll say Justin Fields is going to start week six, which is going to be a tough start because you got to go against Aaron Rodgers. But what we saw is, Chicago is is not a patient city, and it's not a patient organization when it comes to the quarterbacks, as we saw with Mr. Bisky, as we've seen with uh, uh, what's his name, bro, um, Nick Foles. They're not a a a organization that likes to uh, exude patience with their quarterbacks, and. I don't think that you have to be patient when you have Andy Dalton because it's not like Andy Dalton is a first-year or second-year quarterback. He's a veteran, and we know the limitations that we, he has. So if Andy Dalton does not come out the gate and beat the 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 Rams that have a good defense, beat Cleveland that has a good defense, you're going to start now. I think they can beat Detroit. I think they can beat Cincinnati. But I'll, if they don't, if they don't beat Cincinnati week three and – they lose. I'm gonna say this: If they go 0 and 3, if they lose the uh, the Rams, if they lose to Cincinnati, and they lose to Cleveland, he's going to Justin Fields will start Week Four against. In fact, I think that's the goal. If 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 Andy Dolan's not good, if Andy Dolan's not good, and they go 0 and 3, Justin Fields will start Week Four against the Lions. One because you don't really want to start him against a tough defense, which is why I was a little iffy about starting him against the Green Bay Packers, but. 
you don't want the season to slip away from you. And it's going to be tough, especially in the division you're in, when you have, you know, Aaron Rodgers, when you have the the Vikings. Um, you don't want to go down. In, in the NFC East, I mean, not in the NFC East, but in the NFC, when you have, you know, Tampa Bay, you have Green Bay, you have um, – Seattle, you do all going on three can be detrimental, especially going on four. So I think that if he loses these first three games, as far as Andy Dalton, Detroit, you'll see Justin Fields start. And that's why I think he's a winner in all this, because they go up against some tough defenses. And even if they don't go on on three, the first few games, he goes up against some tough defenses. And if Andy Dalton looks bad, like he did a lot of times for Dallas last year, you're going to see Justin Fields start before the bye week, which is week 10. Now, it's it doesn't get much easier from there because after the bye week, you got Baltimore, uh, you got Green Bay again, you got Seattle, you got New York, and they're improving defense with Joe Judge, the court, uh, pretty much a, a defensive-minded coach. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I do think that the schedule lines up perfectly for Justin Fields to start because they have to the Bears have to go up against some extremely tough defenses. And while I don't think that Justin Fields is ready to start week one, I don't think Justin Fields is ready to start probably the first year. I do think that the Chicago Bears and the organization and the fans are going to get impatient and you're going to start hearing – calls for Justin Fields to start, especially if they go 0-3. Hell, even if they go 1-3, they you're going to you're going to hear a lot of Justin Fields start. So don't be surprised if we see by week 4 of versus Detroit, Justin Fields starts for the Chicago Bears and that's why I think he's a big winner in, uh, uh, in, of the schedule cuz they they have to go against some a gauntlet of defenses the entire year, but especially the first 3, the first 3 weeks, that's 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 good for them. Oh, man, I'm going to say that a loser in all this. Uh, my next loser is um, the Seattle Seahawks, man. Because And 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 I'll say this is why I'm going to say the Seattle Seahawks is a loser. Um, when you don't address your biggest, your biggest, uh, your, your biggest when you don't address your biggest uh, problem, that's when you run into a lot of situations. You know what I mean? And and the biggest problem, as we know, the reason why Russell Wilson was upset this year, this offseason, talking about um, – because his offensive line. The, Russell Wilson is too good, one, to only be the one Super Bowl, two – or two Super Bowls, I'm sorry, winning, winning only one. Two – He's too good to be one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league of of all time right now. And he hasn't even been in the league that long. And one thing that we were we were we were wondering is will the Seattle Seahawks address the offensive line, which they really didn't in the draft. And that's why I said you can go back and check. I might leave it in, in one of these wherever the little uh, hyperlink is. I said in an episode that Seattle just completely had a horrible draft because they didn't really address what they needed to address. They addressed the wide receiver position, which they didn't. They they addressed a lot of things they didn't need to address. Not to mention, some of the position that they addressed, they had better players that they just let walk, like Shaquille Griffin. I'm not going to go on about that, but here's why I said they're a loser. 
Seattle, again, their problem is their offensive line and protecting Russell Wilson. Let me just tell you the first the games that they have before the bye week. You have DeForest Buckner and the Indianapolis Colts. You have Nick Bosa and the San Francisco 49ers. You have Aaron Darnold and the Los Angeles Rams. You have TJ Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have Cam Jordan and the New Orleans Saints. That's just before the bye week. And then, of course, after the bye week, you have Chase Young and the Washington football team. You have um, J.J. Watt in the Arizona Cardinals. You have uh, Khalil Mack in the Chicago Bears. Russell Wilson, if they don't address it in the regular season, which I don't believe they do, because as we've seen, kind of like what Green Bay is, it's kind of like Green Bay. Seattle is really stubborn when it comes to addressing some of the team's needs. Now, they're not as bad as Green Bay. Don't get me wrong. Like, Green Bay, to me, is really, they only want to get better from the draft, which is just, oh, it's just God awful. But I say they're a loser because they have, they, uh, it's kind of like what we just talked about with Chicago, just in the reverse way. There is, Russell Wilson is the best one. So you're not going to, there's nobody in the back waiting for you. And of course, Seattle does not want Russell Wilson not to play. And of course, nobody wants Russell Wilson not to play. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but you didn't address the offensive line really in the offseason. You didn't address the offensive line really in the draft. And now you have to go up against some of the top pass rushing defenses. Like I said, Indianapolis, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Green Bay, Arizona, Washington, Chicago. It's just it's it's gonna be tough. So if we we were we were we were talking about um we were talking about uh uh, we were talking about Russell Wilson being upset that he was one of the most sad quarterbacks. Just wait until this year. It's it's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again if because they they just they, I don't I don't understand what it is. They just haven't addressed it. And it's not like they're really in cap hell. It's like you just get rid of some players. Or some I mean, it's Seattle is is a loser. Seattle is most definitely a loser in all this. Uh, seeing as though they didn't address, they really didn't address the offensive line, and the way their schedule lined up, they have to go against some of the top defenses in the league. So that's why Chicago, uh, Seattle is one of my losers. My last winner is uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they one, they had one of the best off seasons. They addressed what they needed to address. They addressed the 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 offensive line. They addressed the running back position. They addressed the the wide receiver position. They addressed the safety position. They addressed the cornerback. They addressed all they needed to address. And of course, when you have Patrick Mahomes, and you still have Travis Kelsey, you still have Tyree Kill, you still have Chris uh, Chris Jones on the on the defense. They. <laughs> They didn't need to address much. I mean, they didn't need to do much. Now, yes, yes, they needed to address that offensive line, and they got they got um, Orlando Brown from the the Ravens, which is probably one of the best moves of the offseason. So they definitely addressed what they needed to address. And the reason why I said that they kind of won, or they're they're a winner when it terms of the the schedule after the bye week. 
I mean, after the bye week, you have to go against Denver. You have to go against Vegas. You have to go against the Chargers, Pittsburgh. And, of course, we know how Pittsburgh is the second half of the season. Cincinnati and end, end the season at Denver. Now, of course, the altitude in Denver, and that, that might be a problem. But outside of that, now, the first the first half of the schedule is going to be tough. I mean, Cleveland, Baltimore, Chargers. You have to go against Washington's defense, Buffalo. And that was the AFC championship last year. Uh, Green Bay. Dallas, but I will say this: some of their toughest games are at home. Like Cleveland's going to be at home, Buffalo's going to be at home, uh, Green Bay's going to be at home, Dallas is going to be at home. But and of course, we know about Dallas defense and and see uh, just how good uh, Minka Pat Minka Parsons is going to be. Now, of course, at Baltimore is tough, but and that's a Sunday night football. But, of course, as we know, last time they played at Baltimore, they destroyed them. So, I was at that game, by the way, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty. But, like I said, I think that I, I, I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs is the winners because the second half of the, of the season, going into the playoffs, I think they're going to be hot. They have a chance. Let me see. Two, four, four, six. They have a chance to be 6-0. and oh. Uh, after the bye week going into the playoffs. So they'll be going to the playoffs red hot. So I think that the Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion, is a big winner in in the whole uh, the whole schedule release. And my last loser, and it hate it, 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 it hates it. I hate that it has to be him. But my last loser has to go to Trevor Lawrence. Now of course, we all know Trevor Lawrence is the num- was the number one overall pick in this year's draft. He's pretty much we we know how transcendent he's supposed to be. But when you look at his when you look at his journey, man, not only does he have to go up against he doesn't really have to go up against top quarterbacks, but he does have to go up against some tough defenses. He has to go up against New England the second half of the season, which we all know Bill Belichick is the be- is the best quarterback. I mean, no, let me see. is the best coach after the, you know, second half of the season. He has to go up against Indianapolis the second half of the season. You know what? I'll say I'll say that he's a loser as far as um just uh Trevor Lawrence because of after the bye week. Now, before the bye week, you got the Houston Texans. Sean Watts is not gonna be there. You got Denver, you got um it will be tough having to go up against uh, Kyler Murray in the in the Arizona Cardinals. You have Je- Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. You have Tennessee. They're probably going to lose that. I'm not saying what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're going to win a lot of games. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that they're good enough to win a lot of games. That is Jacksonville, but I think that just J- Trevor Lawrence is going to have to go up against some tough defenses the second half of the season. And the reason why I think that's tough is because. Second half of the season, you can have one or two. You're gonna have. You're gonna have. Of course, teams are gonna be. They're not healthy. Uh, not no teams healthy going to the second half of the season because, like I said, you're putting your body through a lot, and that's you know second towards the end of the season. But yes, you're gonna have teams that are still beat up and stuff. But you're also gonna have teams that are rolling. You're gonna have the teams that's on a roll. You're gonna have teams that. Are okay, so we know who the t- who the what the roster is gonna be after that's a trade deadline and stuff like that. So we know who we're facing, and they have New England second half, they have Indianapolis twice second half, they have San Francisco second half, they have the Rams second half. They it's it's they have Seattle after right after the bye week, and they're at Seattle. 
it's it's just gonna be tough. And they have Buffalo now. <laughs> I'm seeing that he so Justin's just no Trevor Lawrence is gonna have to go up against Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Tua, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, probably Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, nah, it's gonna uh, Cam Newton the second half of the season. So. Yeah, man, that's going to be tough sledding for the boy. It's going to be tough sledding for the boy, uh, Trevor Lawrence, man. I, I just, it's it's tough, man. It's That's that's the last thing you want to do is go up against some of the better teams, especially when your team is not to me. At, no, of course, I'm not saying that he, he's going to win a lot of games first half, no. But when most of the tougher quarterbacks and defenses that you have to face are on the second half of the season, that's that's tough, especially especially as a rookie quarterback. And yeah, nah, it's 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 gonna be tough for Trevor Lawrence the first game. I, I don't think I I'll project they probably can win maybe four to five games. And don't be surprised if four of those five if I'll say three of those games are the are before the bye week. Don't be surprised. And that's why I say that uh Trevor Lawrence is is one of my losers. Um from the from the schedule release, and those those are my five winners and those are my five losers, man. Look, here's the thing, and one of the biggest winners in all this, I'll, I'll do an extra one. One of the biggest wizards is the wizards. <laughs> one of the biggest winners are the fans. I mean, of course, last year we know that a lot of most of the stadiums, especially the first half of the season or majority of the season, didn't have any fans. Um, and of course, we know how how good it felt to hear booze during the draft. I, I, you know, it's, we're going, it's going to be exciting. You know, football is always exciting. And, and this, this year, especially there's a lot of storylines and there's always storylines, but there's a lot of storylines going into this year. Like how our team's going to bounce back from COVID, uh, how our team's going to handle cause COVID ain't, ain't gone nowhere. It's just people are getting vaccines now. How are teams going to handle COVID this year with with a lot of teams? Like I know Washington said they're going to have full fans and, of course, Tampa Bay and stuff going to have full fans. So how is that going to do? Um, of course, how are the rookie quarterbacks going to do? Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Is Mac Jones going to see the field? Uh, Trey Lance, is he going to see the field or is Jimmy Garoppolo? So the, there's a lot of pl- players coming back. Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley's coming back. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's coming back. Nick Bolsa's coming back. So this is going to be exciting, man. The fans are always a winner. Now, I will say, I guess I'll give an extra loser since I have, you know, I like to keep it neat. An extra loser. I think the the the, the, the players, seeing as though nobody re- except for some of the players that kind of live paycheck to paycheck, oh, let me see, game check to game check, that 17th game, there's nobody that come out and said they like that except for like the the organizations and the um you know owners and stuff, but no players were saying uh we like that. Even though of course there are some that's you know we know that they live they live paycheck to paycheck and and they get kind of the bare minimum in the league, so they need that 17th game. But yeah, man, players not nobody's really excited about that. But hey, football will be back in September, I believe, and 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 of course we'll talk about it more throughout. The, the off season and closer to the t- closer to the year, but 
like I said, we just survived one of the one of our sports holidays, which is the schedule release. And if you think that I'm over exaggerating with calling it a holiday, look at the coverage that ESPN did. Look at the coverage that Fox did. Hell, look at the coverage here. The the, the schedule release happened what th- two or three days ago, and I'm still talking about it. Like people are still talking about it. People are analyzing the whole the whole schedule. I ain't doing all that. I I ain't got time for that. But it's just a big thing, and I and I guess the next the next uh, holiday that the NFL, I guess you would say, the sports holiday that the NFL has would probably be preseason, if they you know, or tr- when training camp opens up, when training camp opens up, that that'll be a uh, that'll be a pretty pretty big day. So, you know, we'll see we'll see how that goes. We'll definitely see how that goes. But I'm excited, man. But and those those were my winners and losers from the 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 NFL releasing the schedules. And before we go, um so Kobe Bryant, of course, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan should be getting inducted into the Hall of Fame today, actually. And of course, we know that they were supposed to do it a year before, but COVID hit and of course, we know the tragic um death of Kobe and his his daughter and a lot of the fans and helicopter crash so they because of covid and everything they pushed it to this year um it's 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 funny you know not funny watching kobe kg and tim duncan in their prime really shows you i said i said last episode that i was talking about russell westbrook and i said that russell westbrook and steph curry are completely different players, but they both dominate the game in completely different ways. But they both dominate the game. When you look at Tim Duncan, KG, and Kobe, three those three could not have been any different. Yet they all dominated the game differently. Let's look at Kobe. Kobe is probably one of the greatest offensive weapons that we have ever seen in the league. I'll say that I'm not saying he's the greatest scorer, but I will say that Kobe is the greatest, toughest shot maker. Cause you look night after night, you look at how the hell did Kobe make that? Like we remember the game winners, the multiple game winners against Phoenix, the game winner against uh, Atlanta that one one year, game winner against Toronto, game winner against uh, the Heat. Some of the tough dunks that he did against, you know, in his younger years. Hell, some of the tough dunks he did at the beginning of the of his of his career. I mean, at the end of his career. Kobe dominated the game loud. Kobe was loud with his game. He was loud and unapologetic. But and and he, but but his loudness, there was a grace to it. Like you knew when you're watching Kobe, kind of like watching Russell Westbrook, you're getting he's giving you the best that he has. And Kobe never cheated the game, even though his body did break down the end and and he didn't, you know, he, he's a five-time champion. And, of course, he, a lot of people may, you know, critique this game during, hell, I'm, I'm be real. I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan as a as a as a sports fan. Like I respected Kobe. Don't get me wrong. I respected Kobe. But I was an Iverson fan and I'm always going to be an Iverson fan. So I I rolled with Iverson over Kobe, but you have to res- you had to respect what Kobe was, what Kobe did, and night after night Kobe put 
his blood, sweat, and tears, just like every basketball player, but put his blood, sweat, and tears out. And Kobe dominated the game loud from all aspects of the court. Look at KG. KG also dominated the game loud, but KG dominated in a way he mastered the mid-range. KG, we always talk about Tim Duncan. Not Tim Duncan. We always talk about uh, uh, Dirk Nowinski. We always talk about Kevin Garnett. I mean, why do I keep... (laughs) We always talk about Kevin Durant. KG was one of the greatest mid-range scores we've ever seen and the way i say that kobe and kg dominate the game loud but one thing that kg did way more than kobe was trash talk his intensity and and his the way that he would talk to players is 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 second to none i mean we some of the greatest trash talkers in the in the game of course we know about gary payton um of course kg they though a lot of that that will never be replicated. You can try like we've had Patrick Beverly's, we've had a uh, Ron, Ron Artest's, but the the intensity that Kevin Garnett brought to the game will never be duplicated. And again, Kobe dominated the game loud, but he didn't trash talk that much. And he didn't even now people would trash talk him, and of course they'll say things, but. He tra- Kobe trash talked only kind of like if someone said something to him. KG trash talked from the opening tip, and he was just intense the entire. And, and and there was a reason why they called him the big ticket for as long as he did. There wasn't much happening in Minnesota. Like nobody really. I know you had Sam Cassell, you had uh, uh, Stephon Marbury who played with KG, but people came to see KG, and it. We know that he wouldn't have won the championship if he didn't go to the Celtics, but KG was a big part, of course, that championship team. and They were kind of pretty much the first official super team when you had KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Paul Pierce, but KG dominated loud. And, and I'll go back to Kobe real quick. Everyone that talks about Kobe uh, says his approach to the game was unlike anyone else either. Kobe would had laser focus and 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 he he worked out more than pretty much anyone else like his he brought he put everything to the game and got everything out of it kg pretty much did the same thing now of course his 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 work ethic wasn't as top tier as kobe but like i said he dominated the game loud and he mastered the mid-range kobe mastered the tough shot making kg mastered the mid-range and the intensity of the game and Tim Duncan was unlike either KG or Kobe, but he was just as dominant. Tim Duncan was a quiet assassin. You heard you heard multiple stories about Tim Duncan and and KG and other players trying to trash talk him. And Tim Duncan was just like, all right, let me go. Like Kim Dun- Tim Duncan will not trash talk you, but you'll look up and he'll give you 30. And Tim Duncan is one of those players that you look up like, how the hell does he have 30 points? Of course, we know the master of the bank, the bank shot, the master of the turnaround, you know, turnaround uh, bank shot. He had a quote unquote boring game. Tim Duncan had probably one of, if not the most boring game play styles the league has ever seen. Like, don't get me twisted. Like, watching Tim Duncan wasn't fun. But watching Tim Duncan, you knew 
you're watching the greatest power forward to ever play the game. And, I mean, he has five championships with the Spurs. He was a huge reason why the Spurs dynasty continued as long as it did. Um, Yeah, man, congratulations to all three of them, man. It's like, again, you're seeing three players that dominated the game but all dominated differently. That's the beauty about basketball, man. Basketball, there's no one way to approach it. There's no, like, you can you can be god-awful offensively, but be one of the best defenders ever. Like, look at look at, look at Tony Allen. Bro, Tony Allen was not a great offensive player, but he was incredibly dominant um, defender. Hell, look at Ben Wallace. Look at Dennis Rodman. These players, like, basketball is just so unique, man. You could be a, a, a horrible defender and be great offensively. Look at Steph Curry. Look at James Harden. Look at look at some of those. Look at Kyrie. You can be a great shooter. You can not be a great shooter, but be a great high flyer. Like, basketball is so unique. And basketball is the only place, I believe, that you can see players like KG, players like Kobe, players like Tim Duncan, all three completely different play styles dominate a game their way. So congratulations to Kobe Bryant. Congratulations to Kevin Garnett. Congratulations to Tim Duncan. And congratulations to all the other um, Hall of Fame inductees tonight, I believe. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely much deserved. I, I will never forget watching Kobe Bryant. I wish I would have seen him live, but I will never forget the countless games watching Kobe. I remember, you know, one of my, one of my, of course, the 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 best memory I have of Kobe is the final game, and Kobe going out the 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 way that I knew he was gonna go out. Um, Kobe going out shooting the most shot. I think he shot like fifty shots that game to get what sixty, right? Yeah, sixty. Um, but and, and of course you knew that that was gonna happen with Kobe. Uh, I remember. KG, one of the best, the biggest memories I have is, of course, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Now, of course, that's that's a meme around the world and and everything. But you just knew that someone like KG, who respected the game, he deserved something like that. And of course, Tim Duncan, I will never forget Tim <laughs> Tim Duncan in, in his fashion sense and how how bad it was. But then you're looking at like, yo, this. Tim Duncan, you'll look up, like I said, and he'll have 28 and 12 or 28 and 15. You're just like, damn, like what in the world? And it was, you know, I will, I will always remember their, their games. And, and, and if there was any three people that deserve to be in the hall of fame, it's Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan. So shouts out to you guys, man. Shouts out to you guys and shouts out to, to all the other inductees, um, that are making it into the Hall of Fame this this year and years to come. So, and there you have it, man. That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast, or today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you do me a favor, please subscribe to the podcast. Please subscribe to the to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers by my birthday. It will definitely mean a lot. The link is in the description below. Please, 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 please subscribe. It will, it will mean a lot to me. Again, if you want, if you want to sponsor the Unpopular Podcast, uh, that's also the promo rec promotion request is also in the description below. You 
and the unpopular podcast can let's 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 marry each other in promotion. <laughs> um, if you guys want an unpopular podcast, oh shoot, I'm not wearing an unpopular podcast shirt. But if you want an unpopular podcast shirt, hoodie, long sleeve, sweater, joggers, the link is in the description below. I got you, man. We got all different types of colors, all different types uh, uh, designs. I got you. If if you if you hey, I got you. If you want an unpopular podcast merch, click the description below. But again, man, I appreciate you guys. Uh, love you guys. Congratulations again to all the all the Hall of Fame inductees tonight. And until next time, much love. Off season, let's keep it tall. Y'all ain't fucking with my man. And don't check your watch, you know the time. Cold world, killer can. Niggas is fucking yeah. finished. This shit too easy for me now. Nigga Cole been going plat since back when CDs was around. What you sold, I tripled that. I can't believe these fucking clowns. Look how everybody clapping when your 30 song album do a measly hundred down. If I'm betting on myself, then I completely double down. If you hate it on a nigga, please don't greet me with a pound. I be staying out the way, but if the beef do come around, could put an M right on your head. You Luigi brother now. Trace my steps all in this game. You can see we cover ground. Back and forth from NC to New York when Jeezy had the crown. Vivid memories. Niggas start to squeeze, we ducking down. So many shells left on the ground and make the Easter Bunny proud. I get up, dust my clothes off. Sleep is the cousin of death. No plans to doze off. The streets that don't come with a ref. I never sold soft. Just creep where the hustlers crept and got they O's off. You reach niggas up and like Steph to blow your nose off. Kazoom tight and then resume flight as if it never happened. Shit we witnessed full of so much sickness. Angels shedding tears in heaven. Word to Eric Clapton. Off this clever rapping. Bitch, my pockets gon' forever fatten. They gon' forever fatten. See? You try to tell niggas, they act like they don't even fucking speak English. Bitch, my pen of the paper's lethal. I'm sending them straight to meet the, the nigga that made them peep the reaper, creeping on you. The sin of failure reeking on you. Check your genitalia, pussy niggas bleeding on you. Self, fucking with coal is bold, but it's impeding on your health. All your niggas eating off your wealth. All my niggas feeding all they selves, and it feels swell. Krispy Kreme dreams, sometimes my dogs want to kill 12, uh. Cause they steady harassing We seen dilemmas like Nelly and Kelly That ended the deadliest fashion My young niggas nutty, they blasting Bullets be humming like Cuddy But one of your hoodies, SpaghettiOs splashing All over the driveway Y'all talking on sideways Shots popping off y'all laid down Cops talking off y'all legs now Y'all watching hey Yahweh My niggas look up to the sky like we sending in Yahweh We sending in Yahweh That's what the fuck I'm talking about Y'all see what the fuck going on out here Killer Harlem, I nine five six, Carolina two six, stand up, nigga. Put your hood up, put your hood up.